All right, fans, it is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. It is not the PNC Sports Entertainment Podcast. I don't know what our producer was thinking last week sending me that email. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what's going on? Not much, my man. Not much. It's been kind of a crazy week, but it's been uh, fun. And uh, because of the craziness, I watched three shows today. Wow. In order to be prepared for this podcast. So I've been stuck in my room like a like a virgin hermit crab. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, uh, you know how they call uh, wrestling fans those, you know, those closet or those basement dwelling virgins? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I certainly felt like one today after, after spending so many hours in front of my TV preparing for this a podcast that sometimes you have to do it if you want to um, live a life outside of podcasting, especially, especially in the middle of WrestleMania season. Oh my! Okay, no. So, so today I was watching. Now, two weeks I love documentaries, and a lot of them are pretty cool. A lot of them I just are the same, so I just remove them from my list. I add them to my list, but then if I've seen one. I'm pretty sure the the other one is the exact same, right. just in a different uh, in a different uh, layout. So I just delete them. But some are interesting. And today I was watching a documentary called Direct to Video, uh, called horror movies uh, from the '90s. Yes, that's where you, that's where you got your uh, pre gaming. Let, let's scare Ben to, to you know, shit himself kind of pictures. Ben, now look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it, it starts in 1990. I'm, I was 16 years old. I'm so glad that I was, that I was kept away from the drizzling mozzarella permeating the screens of all horror movie fans. Because the crap that they put out in 1990, in the early 90s, might I add, was really bad. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Catastrophe on on the air. What's going on? Good Lord. What? Ladies and gentlemen, we have technical difficulties. I'm trying to share a story with my co-host, and he's <laughs> dropping things. Yeah, yeah so, so sometimes the headphones go flying <laughs> off the head, which is weird because I wear a hat on the show to prevent that. So I'm so, I'm so glad that I was like 16 years old in 1990, and I was kept away from all the these terrible straight-to-video movies that were released at that time. <laughs> Yeah, they, they were uh, they were never that good. You know, uh, the '90s in general, I think, started the direct-to-video uh, phenomenon um, because uh, there were a lot of like shitty sequels. Yep. For 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 instance, and obviously this wasn't the first one. This is just one of many. But one of my uh, one of my favorite movies growing up was um, the original Air Bud. Mm-hmm. That was in 1997. Right. Yeah. And so the first movie was awesome. 
all the all the many 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 um, ones after the, after that were terrible. Wow, I mean, just awful. And um, another another instance of that was, um, you know, like uh, the Lion King two, and yep. then they they had uh, like uh, a f- several several years later they had a uh, Lion King one and a half, and it was just like, shut the fuck up. And they had Little Little Mermaid two, Cinderella two, stop. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I um, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, because it's not it's not really that kind of thing. But I never I never saw the Little Mermaid. I guess because I'm a I'm a you know guy. I I don't know. But that that was like the one that and Cinderella. I never I never saw those two. But I think I think those were more tailored toward the girls. Well, I, I just uh, I have a part of my Disney collection. I just like really like that movie. Which one? The Little Mermaid. I mean, come on, it's the Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can get. I I can understand that. So, um, tonight, what do we have for the listeners? We have WrestleMania fourteen, Raw, NXT, AEW usual weekend wrestling. We also have the finals of challenge for the championship tournament, Ben. What what is this? Five or six weeks in now? Yeah, uh, I told you this, this tournament lasted five weeks, and we uh, did it all in six parts. Yeah, so uh, the DeLorean will definitely need a uh, refuel after this is so over. So this is going to be a condensed version of Time Warp because we only have this conclusion but we are doing another tournament as well the AEW best theme song tournament and ladies ladies and gentlemen in case you forgot um we have made the executive decision to remove AEW themes from our wrestling roulette segment because let's be honest the majority of the time i don't know if it's technical difficulties or whatever but the majority of the time I can't hear the 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 AEW themes. And, 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 then, and, that, yeah, on. and on top of that, unless you're talking about um, you know, CM Punk's theme or, you know, Cody Rhodes theme when he was in AEW, other than those two, I can't hear the rest of them. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say and and unless you hear them on the show, you can't even hear them good. Exactly. So so that's when we have it. Uh, actually, before that, now Ben, yeah, bef- before you logged on, I was looking up uh, the two thousand the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three pay per view schedule for WWE. Oh God, is that going to cause me to go into an early rant? Uh, I don't know about that. Here we go. This is I'm starting from after WrestleMania. Okay, right. So we have two Saturday Night's main events on April 23rd and April 30th. Those are house shows. Do you remember a while back they trademarked the the title Sunday Night Stunner or Sunday Stunner? No, I don't. Well, they did, and WWE Sunday Stunner will be a house show on May 1st, 2022. 
Oh, Lord. WrestleMania backlash on May 8th. Hell in a Cell, I don't understand why this is even a thing. It's going to be held on June 5th. You know, I, I, I know I know we've had a similar discussion before, so so I don't want this to be a long thing, but I, I, have, a, I have a question for you. Sure. Is it just me, or are most gimmick matches so overplayed they don't even mean anything anymore? No, no, you're right. They don't mean anything, because uh, we've seen them too many. But, like, you know, but I think if they changed up their uh, their approach a little bit, um, excuse me, I'm trying to prevent a sneeze. Nobody wants to hear that line on the air. Well, you can mute. You can mute it if you have but, to. Uh, but oh, well, that's a good point. But I think it passed. But anyway, um, so it, if they had these matches as part of the natural progression of of feuds, and the matches actually fit the participants and the nature of the feud, it would make a lot more sense. Um, you know, but I just I. I can't stand gimmick matches, you know. I was as we as we had just said, um, y- you know, we're gonna go over WrestleMania 14, and um, one of the matches was a, a tag team title match between the New Age Outlaws, uh, Chainsaw Charlie, and uh, and um, Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. And the objective of the match was to put your opponents in a dumpster and close both lids. Oh, right. That was the dumpster match they had on that pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, You know, it's just, was it a fun match? Yes, of course it was, given the participants. But, I mean, even so, like, the layout was just kind of stupid. Um, So, it's just... I'm kind of I'm kind of done with with gimmick matches. Yeah, and um, and that's really sad because some of some of those, um, you know, were were really good concepts and and could still be if they were if the way that they were used and viewed was a little bit different. But you know, by now I think we know that the higher ups at WWE are. Um, you know, for for better or worse, you know, stuck in their way of doing things. So, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, so that's in June. I don't know why you would put a, a, a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell in June, but whatever. Uh, Money in the Bank will take place on July 2nd. Okay, so they didn't move that one. SummerSlam will take place on July 30th. Oh, that's early SummerSlam this year. Uh, an unnamed event takes place on September the 3rd. This is where I have a now look moment. Okay? Uh-huh. Because it is unconfirmed, but sometime in October, they will have a crown jewel event. Oh, fuck you, stop. Not you. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm talking about the, uh, you know, the, the crown jewel events in general. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not even worth getting worked up about anymore because it's just it's over and done, and 
I've been on that rant several times. If you want to go back and and listen to them, trust me, they are classics. They are entertaining uh, in the annals of this show. But I'm I'm very uh, confused, especially given the state of the world right now and everything that's going on. I'm very, I'm very surprised that these, uh, the, these crown uh, jewel shows are still a thing. And the final pay per view is Survivor Series on November twenty sixth. Oh, good! They're not doing a December TLC pay per view. Well, I'm, I'm not seeing that on on this site that I'm looking at. So, no. At, at least there's one positive. <laughs> you know, they they gotta. They gotta shave this pay-per-view calendar back down to, to you know the, the big four shows. Yep. I truly believe that. And look, I'm not saying that as a boo WWE thing. I'm just saying I think that would truly help business. Yep. All right. So um, we say, uh, should we start with WrestleMania 14? Uh, yes. Yeah, before we get into the weekend wrestling. Why why don't we do that, yes. Alright. Because I already have the card pulled up here in front of me. Cool. Do you you want to take it or should I? I think, uh... I can uh, do this. Okay. So... WrestleMania 14 took place on March 29th, 1998 from Boston, Massachusetts at the Fleet Center. Now, Ben, what do you think of this pay-per-view? Um, that is a complicated question, my friend, because I just... And while you're doing that, I'm going to open up wrestling data so we can do the ratings for each match. Right, okay, perfect. Um... You know, it definitely had its good moments, um, especially the main event. I think the, the main event saved the show um, in terms of quality. But, you know, I think I think it has a lot more historical significance than it, than it does in terms of, of memorable matches significance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just... Um, because outside of the main event, I'm not sure that anybody. I mean, I'm not sure if anybody would would remember a, a match that took place if you asked them about it. You know, years after after the fact, if they hadn't gone back on the uh, Peacock Network or the or the yeah Peacock or uh, WWE Network outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't, uh, you know, gone back and checked it out like we did for the purpose of doing this review, um, but I got I got to tell you, um, was it was it fun? Yes. Was it a good pay per view in terms of match quality? Uh, no, emphatically no. Um, and. Um, I feel like the, the first match was a prime example of that. Um, and hold, hold on, uh, I'm just uh, pulling this up uh, because there was a uh, one match, one dark match on there. 
actually. Oh, yeah. and what was that? And that was, let me just pull, scroll down here. That was a battle royal, a tag team battle royal. No, no, no. That was actually on the card. It was a, that was the first match on the card, the tag team battle royal. Yeah. With uh, the winners being the number one, getting the number one contender to the tag team championships. Now, this, um, this was the epitome of why I hate battle royals not named the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and uh, here we have the participants are LOD2000, managed by Sonny, Midnight Express, Bodacious, Bart Bombastic Bob, and, um, yeah, only two. So why is it a, how is it a battle royal? With only two tag teams. Uh, well... Oh, uh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me look no, up it was a No, it was a 15-team. Yeah, no, no, one. you're right. Oh, Wikipedia fucked that up. So we had LOD, Disciples of Apocalypse, The New Midnight Express, um, Too Much, stupid name, Nation of Domination, um, the, uh, another second, they had a... Many of very, they had a couple of variations of Nation of Domination teams in there. Flash Funk and Steve Blackman, the Godwins, Los Bariquas, another couple of variations on that team. The Headbangers, the Quebecers, the Truth Commission, and the Rock and Roll Express, and LOD 2000 eliminated Midnight Express to win the Battle Royal. Right, and it was it was funny because the, the very ending um, featured uh, pretty uh, pretty pretty much uh, simultaneous elimination of both the members of um, the New Midnight Express, which was funny because throughout the entire. Uh, throughout the entire uh, battle royal, which only lasted about nine minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know they were they were saying that if one person gets eliminated, that means that the whole team has to go back to the locker room, which seems like a stupid rule, seems counterproductive to a battle royal, but nonetheless, that's just my opinion. Um, but but it was it was just funny because both the both of the the guys were eliminated from the new Midnight Express. I'm like, you only had to eliminate one. They made that abundantly clear throughout uh, the, the entirety of the match. So it was just, it was just funny. Now, um, th- this match uh, did not uh, gain any level of importance until uh, they got down to the final four, which you know. I actually, I'm not going to bash them for that. Yes, this match was an absolute clusterfuck, if, I, if I'm being honest with you. Um, although, how could it not be when you got, you know, 30 people in the god, you know, in the goddamn ring? Uh, you know, and, and and you're like, well, Royal Rumbles have 30 people in the ring. How come you don't like those? Because these actually, uh, these actually mean something. In this match, first match was the most sloppy battle royal I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, it, it really was. It was not executed executed well. 
Yeah, Randy. I'm sorry. No, go on. Uh, what was it? Did you? Uh, no, I, I haven't got there yet, but I'm, I'm going to. So, so the the other thing that was that was funny to me without without going over the entire match, um, was you know the new Midnight Express. I laughed my ass off because you know you go back and you look at the original. Uh, you know, versions or the, the early versions of um, of the Midnight Express. And I'll tell you what, these guys had to be rolling over in rage. And, yeah. you know, bombastic Bart and, uh, and, um... Bodacious Bob. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the fuck was, you know... I mean, what kind of cheesy knockoff motherfucker is that? Now, I mean, they're, they're, if, they're atrocious ring gear. <laughs> I mean, if Jim Cornette hadn't been standing there, there's no way I would have connected them to the Midnight Express. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! Uh, yeah. So that that was embarrassing. But but what made me laugh was when when I looked this up is because you know they were going they were going over the. All the iterations of um, or all the versions of the tag team, and then at the very end it goes. In 1998, it was reformed in the WWF, and it, it um, you know, and they they gave you know Bart and uh, Bob's names or whatever. I'm like, and it only lasted from 1998. Well, no shit, they suck. <laughs> right. You know, and and quite frankly. Uh, given all of that, and my point in saying that is because I was very surprised they made it to the final four. Um, because the rest of the final four were were very uh, significant tag teams in uh, DOA, um, the new LOD, and then, uh, and the I believe the Godwins. Yep. Um, which, you know, every, every time I remember that one of the Godwins is actually Midian, <laughs> I, I, I laugh my ass off. I, I, I happened to catch up. I, I happened to catch that while I was watching this because I, I recognized uh, his Doc Holiday tattoo. <laughs> uh, so, so that was just personally kind of funny. Um, but did this need to be on WrestleMania? No, absolutely not. Um, the only, I mean, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be weird or to be like a, you know, a pre-pubescent creep, but the most one, the most memorable part of this uh, battle royal was Sonny's outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I. I I never thought I would be jealous of fire back in 1998, but good luck. Uh, I think this qualifies. <laughs> um, but but it doesn't speak very highly to the quality of the match if that's all you're really going to remember from. Yep. Um, right. But moving on. Your rating. Uh, are we doing are we doing grades or or uh, numbers? No um, numbers. Like like one star to five star. 
Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a one. Fifty-seven percent gave it a two. Twenty-one percent gave it a one. Only fourteen gave it a three. Seven gave it a four, and zero gave it a five star. Okay. Well. well so then. so fifty-seven percent win with a two star. Well, and justifiably so. All right, next match we had from the light heavyweight championship, Aguilar defeating light heavyweight champion Takama Shinoku. Um, and I, I this is the only match I remember seeing Aguila in or Aguila. Um, and uh, this was this was a fun match, but ultimately. It didn't mean anything. Like I, I really, I really like the the Luchador style, and I, I think very highly of it because that's what um, attracted me to wrestling in the long term to begin with. Um, uh, do, do 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 you remember? Do you recognize uh, Aguila? Did you recognize him? Uh, no. Okay, because I have it open on Wikipedia. Um, Aguila used to. Wrestle as Papi Chulo and S.A. Rios. Oh, shit. That's S.A. Rios? S.A. Rios. Fuck me. I'm sorry, buddy. Good Lord. You you, you bought Lita to my TV and I didn't recognize you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't even, I just looked it up now because I had forgotten about Aguilar. Like, I remember S.A. Rios. I had forgotten that that, that was Aguilar. Yeah, I, well, I didn't even know that. God damn, you learn something on your own show. Um, um, but okay, I'm so, I'm sorry, Akila, my bad. Um, but um, it's it's really weird. What what in the gut? What I, I did? Oh, I'm sorry. I I got distracted by something I read, but we'll we'll go over that. Uh, We'll go over that later on in the show, but I, I accidentally uh, moved my cursor down and I consequently read something that was very disturbing. Um, okay. <clears throat> but anyway, um, so you know this was this was a this was a really uh, fun match to watch, but you know it didn't have enough selling, and I didn't really understand the connection between Akila and. Um, and Taka, outside of the fact that it was a light heavyweight title match. That's the only connection there was, though. So, and, and let's be honest with you, the light, the, the light heavyweight title never really meant anything in WWE. Nope. It was, it was a very um, ill-fated title, I guess you could say. Um... So, but then, but then, you know, he we did get to see the Michinoku driver. So I always like that. So I guess that's that's the one positive. All right. So next up was the hold on rating. Oh, yes, oh give I'm me sorry. the rating uh, after the, the because then we know that so we'll be ready to move on to the next one. I would get. I would give this a, a, a three star. Forty-three percent agree with you. They give it a three star. Okay, cool. All right, next match. What do you got? Well, before we get to the next match, we had a segment featuring The Rock and Jennifer Flowers. Oh God! 
And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't remember Jennifer Flowers, I don't blame you, but um, I I remember her because you know this her name was brought up in connection to the first major scandal. I remember um, you know hearing being old enough to hear about and kind of understand. Um, so she, she she came back into the public eye during the uh, Monica Lewinsky thing because she actually apparently had sex with Bill Clinton herself. That's the only reason why I know Jennifer Flowers. Um, I I would rather even if I was a woman, I would rather drink Drano than be. Uh, <laughs> romantically associated with Bill Clinton, but that's um, <laughs> DMC exclusive. But that's neither here nor there. But but I did enjoy The Rock absolutely um, t- demolishing her in this pay per view or in this uh, segment, and that he overrode everything that. Uh, that she had to say. I mean, she was like, if you were, if you were president, how would you deal with this, this, and this, and this? He's like, ah, I don't give a shit. I'm a ruler, not a leader. You know, I don't give a crap about homelessness, healthcare, or any of that stuff, as long as I'm in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Rocky, you ain't not want to replay that segment on your career highlights, given that you're Mr. America popularity now. Good Lord. <laughs> You know, Chris Evans has nothing on Dwayne The Rock Johnson in terms of Mr. America nowadays, huh? Yeah, I'll tell you something I saw off air. Okay. And then uh, next up, we had um, the European champion European Championship on the line, Triple H versus Owen Hart, Uh um, with China and Triple H's corner, of course. Um, and, um, you know, I never really understood why Owen Hart always lost to, uh, Triple H. Um, not, not, that, not that it necessarily has something to do with this match, but I just, I, at this point in time, being 1998, I, 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 I would have thought that Owen Hart would have been presented as a bigger star than Triple H at this point in time. So it, it always just kind of confused me um, because that, that happened on several occasions. Um, but but that being said, um, this was this was an okay match. The big, uh, the big selling point was that uh, Sergeant Slaughter was going to be handcuffed to China to, to keep her out of the... Um, out of the outcome of this match, so to speak. Yep. Well, that didn't work because true to WWF form, uh, they found a way for China to get involved and, and alter the outcome of this match, much to the Owen Hart's chagrin. Um, so up until the chicanery, this was actually um, quite a, um, an entertaining match. Um, and it could have, it could have been so much better, um, had they just kept 
the the outside stuff to a minimum, mm-hmm. but the the outside stuff really um really um just overshadowed the match, which I which I found to be a shame because this was a much better showing uh, for Triple H than his um, his WrestleMania 13. Um, you know, go around. So, um, so in that respect, I kind of felt bad for both guys in general. Um, but the big, uh, the big uh, highlight of the match, I guess, was um, was uh, China throwing uh, throwing some sort of substance into the eyes of um, Sergeant Slaughter, and uh, thus distracting Owen Hart. Or the, and allowing Triple H to hit the pedigree uh, for the win. So, yeah, what would I give this? Yeah, I would say three stars to be generous. People were uh, more than more generous. Than you. Gave, 67% gave it four. There is no... I'm sorry. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be combative, but uh, I guess to each their own, but I didn't see it as being that good. <laughs> I, th- I, think it, I think it could have been had China not been so heavily featured. Yep. But, um... Okay, what do we got next? But oh, I, guess, I guess DX was still on the storyline where they were torturing the hell out of Slaughter at this point in time. So that's why the, uh... That's why this angle took took so much prevalence in this match. Yep. Um. So next up was uh, one of the low points of the evening, in my opinion. The reason why we're not doing high points and low points is because this is a retro WrestleMania review, and then yeah, fans. When we when we're doing pay per views, we go through the whole show. We don't do high points, low points. Yeah, we only save that for Raw and SmackDown, the, the weekly shows. Exactly. Um. So this one was very uh, random, at least to me, until until they ran the video package uh, pre match, and then I was like, oh, okay. I recall the storyline, but I I still found it to be kind of stupid. This was um, Mark Merrow and Sable versus Luna Fashan and the artist formerly known as Goldust. I didn't like this version of Goldust. No. It was weird. And I don't don't even remember how uh, he turned into this this Goldust. Well, I, I don't either, to, to, to tell you the truth. But, you know, I think to call this weird um, would almost be underselling it because everything about Goldust was weird, but the the previous version of Goldust worked, mm-hmm. whereas this one t- does not. It's very strange. And, um... I think I think Luna was underrated, but this match didn't do her any favors because, justifiably so at the time, given how important Sable was to the company 
in terms of kicking off the Attitude Era, which is why WrestleMania 14 is remembered because it it's remembered as ushering in the Attitude Era. Um, that's the historical significance behind it. And Sable played such a big role um, in the Attitude Era, and this match was kind of a spotlight for her to get her um, her revenge on Luna, and uh, ironically enough, her winning tag team partner, uh, Mark Merrow. Uh, huh? And, and it, it was funny because, you know, after the match, you know, Mark Merrow is jumping up and down like he actually did something. And it, it was um, it was actually Sable who had the most impressive wrestling of the night. You know, you're probably thinking, Sable as a wrestler? What? Um, you know, especially if you're in, in the younger age group. But um, nah, she hit some very impressive moves, including one hell of a sweet-looking TKO uh, to, to secure the, the pin on Luna. Um, so... Uh, it's not uh, it's not one of my favorite matches, um, but in terms of uh, getting the spotlight on uh, on Sable and um, and really uh, allowing her to to kind of eventually separate herself from Mark Merrow, the match kind of did its job. So you know, in terms in terms of me- in terms of memorable moments, uh, this was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. What was what was not memorable? <sighs> Tennessee Lee, better known as Colonel Parker, was back to talk about his boyfriend. Not really, uh, Je- Jeff Jarrett. He had a, he had a very unnatural obsession with J E double F. J A double R E double T E Jeff Jarrett. You know, you know what I do sometimes. Yeah. I go, I go, I spell out my name. I'm like, it does E L I O C A double N E double L A. Exactly. Well, that's perfect for you, given the spelling. It kind of works. I like that. Um, but no, this was, uh, I, I was, I was kind of confused as to this statement because it wasn't a match. It was, it was to serve as the introduction for, uh, um, for the lady on Jeff Jarrett's arm, who, um, who it was, it was still Jennifer Flowers from earlier with the pay-per-view with the Rock. So they gave... Uh, they gave Jennifer Flowers a lot of airtime, especially for being involved in such a scandal. But whatever, uh, this was this was 1998, a very different time. <laughs> they they certainly wouldn't be giving her the spotlight now if 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 the the storyline had played out in 2022. You have to remember this is 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then next up we had. The Intercontinental Championship on the line between The Rock and uh, Ken Shamrock. And I was 
disappointed in this match because and don't get me wrong i've seen wrestlemania 14 before we before i sat down to do this review so i knew i knew everything that was going to go down yep but the more the more that i've seen wrestlemania 14 i've probably seen it eh, probably just as much as I've seen WrestleMania 17, which is probably three times. Those are like my top two uh, um, WrestleManias that I've seen the most. I can't really tell you why, other than WrestleMania 17 being awesome. Um, but um, with all that being said, I really would have expected this to be a, a, a very big highlight of the evening, and it wasn't. It was just weird. Um, it was it was four minutes and change, and The Rock tapped out to Ken Shamrock. Now, of course, a lot of people have tapped out to Ken Shamrock, but that was the UFC, not WWE. Yep. Um. So. So, but, but it's important to note that. Even though he he tapped The Rock out, um, The Rock retained the title because of because uh, Shamrock lost his damn mind and and beat everybody up and was was um, refused to let go of the, of the ankle lock on The Rock and he got himself disqualified. But um, <clears throat> but yeah. <laughs> Ken Shamrock was a crazy motherfucker back in that day. Man. Yeah, it was. And let's see what what do we have next? After that, we have the, the uh, uh, formation tag team championship, the dumpster match, kicks Jack and uh, Chainsaw Charlie versus the New Heroes. And you know, I wasn't. You know, I I I'd seen this enough to to know that it was going to be fun. But, it, I mean, think about it. A dumpster match at WrestleMania. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think that that would make, the, make for a headlining match at this day and age, but that's just me. Yeah. Although, although this is going to make me sound like a dick, but I'll, I'll back up what I say later, later on uh, with... Um, uh, with our SmackDown review, but, okay. to, to, but to be honest with you, folks, and this is going to cause some controversy probably, but I don't really care because I'm just going to tell you the truth. I would rather see a dumpster match at this year's WrestleMania than Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And and my, and I have two of, two of my best friends are. Uh, they are Charlotte Marks. They're they're like they're like she's the best wrestler in the company, male or female. I don't care what anybody has to say. She's the best. And every and every time I have that conversation with one of these people, I'm dumbfounded that they of all people would say that. Um, because I just I don't get the whole Charlotte Flair fascination, but. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get to that um, in the SmackDown review, but I I mean I would rather see this dumpster match again, you know, played back and have 
have the fucking Charlie Flair versus Ronda Rousey match canceled. I, 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 I it, whatever. But it took, it was, um, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I think, um, I think, uh, this was only the second occurrence. I could be wrong, but I think up to this point, this was only the second occurrence of backstage brawling at WrestleMania. The, the first one being uh, Savage versus Crush, which, um, which ironically we uh, covered um, last week as part of WrestleMania 10. Yep. Um, but... Uh, yeah, but the thing you got to take out of this match is Terry Funk is one crazy motherfucker. <laughs> I don't care what I mean. You know they were they were going they were going nuts at, at fifty three. He he would you know take a bump you know into into the dumpster where, where you know eight years later at ECW one night stand two thousand six he's going into the barbed wire boards and then. The man, yeah. the man is currently seventy-seven years old. You know, and unfortunately, I think he's having a very rough time uh, nowadays. Which, which is not, which is not hard to figure out, given uh, how insanely crazy he was back in the day. But unfortunately, he's paying <laughs> the price now. Listen to these names, okay? Yeah. Of course, he wrestled as Terry Funk under his real name. But he was also wrestled under the Texan, Chainsaw Charlie, Black Baron, and Doctor Knows It All. Oh Lord, <laughs> this is horrible. That's terrible. <laughs> Those yeah. names are bad. Come on. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> so, uh, so next up we have uh, Pete Rose getting tombstone by Kane. I like that. That was beautiful. It, it really was. It absolutely really was. That's what you get for messing with Kane. What's wrong with you, Pete Rose? Yes, and that's what you get for cheating America's game and my first love, that being baseball. <laughs> fuck you, Pete Rose. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Damn. You know, people, people say, oh, there's been so much worse infractions since then. I don't give a damn. Well, I, I guess for me, actually, because what, what what did happen? Like, I know who Pete Rose is. I just like, whoa. He, he was he he was he was uh, banned for life from from playing baseball after it was discovered that he bet on the games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I I I for real didn't know like the story there. What what happened with him? Okay. Yeah. So. uh... Yeah, and I'm a I'm a real I'm a real big sports guy, so that kind of stuff pisses me off because mm-hmm. it it fucks with the integrity of something that I love, and I don't I don't appreciate that. Um, but anyway, so that that added to the reason why I enjoyed him getting tombstone by Kane. I I, <laughs> I I appreciated that. That made me smile. Yep. Uh, and then um. The Undertaker's entrance is one of the coolest thing, things that I've ever seen. This entrance from WrestleMania 14, holy shit! The mm-hmm. video, the video package beforehand was dope. Yep. 
the entrance was dope, and, and so I mean I was ready for this match. And, and ladies and gentlemen, as I just explained to you, I've seen this pay per view several times, and I never fail to get chills when Undertaker comes out. It's just like it's I don't know what it is. It's just cool as shit. I didn't tell you when I what gave me chills was um. Um, June 7, 1999, when they revealed the higher power. Not the not the reveal, but like when Undertaker came out with the entrance and the blue lighting. Yeah. And like yeah. uh, the, all that, uh, the druids chanting. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I remember that specifically because that was I, was, I was watching that live on my 11th birthday and that was like the coolest shit ever. But... Cool. Uh, so yeah, no, that was awesome. Um, the the match itself, um, I was disappointed by it, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, did it have its moments where it was highly entertaining in an ass kicking contest? Yes. Did I enjoy seeing Paul Bear get knocked on his ass after the match? Yes. For for some reason, I I I find I. Whenever Paul Bear gets hit, gets hit and falls over, I, I laugh. Um, you know, and, and that's saying nothing against Paul Bear because he's actually my favorite manager of all time. Um, but but it never fails to make me chuckle. Um, and uh, but the the thing that was the drawback to this match was um, the all the chin locks by Kane. I'm like, do we really need to see chin locks from 300 pound monsters? Let's, let's get this shit going. And then of course, and then of course, um, Undertaker does his, you know, dive over the top rope. And then this had, this had to be a brutal spot. This had to hurt like a bitch if I'm, if I'm Undertaker because Kane sidesteps him as he's coming over the top rope and propels him. You can literally, you can literally see Kane pushing the Undertaker into the table as he's coming down for the landing off of this, you know, suicide dive. Do you, you remember the, the the dive he did? Um, I, I want to say it was, I want to say it was WrestleMania 25. He dove. To the outside. On to Shawn Michaels? Yeah, to try to go on to Shawn Michaels, but then Michaels yeah. pulled the cameraman. Yeah. In front of him. And, and so, um, yeah, that, so it kind of reminded me of, of that, but of course, a much earlier version of The Undertaker. But yeah, this was, this was awesome. And I, I actually noticed something. They didn't mention the streak at all uh, during this match. Um, it, it actually marked him going 7-0. and And I found that weird until I remembered uh, in an interview I saw with, with Taker, he mentioned that the streak didn't really become a big deal until uh, WrestleMania 18 when he went 10-0. and uh, when he beat Ric Flair. And then... So, yeah. March 24th, this past Thursday, was Undertaker's birthday. Oh, very good. Happy birthday, buddy. And that was when the streak began. 
March 24th, 1991 at WrestleMania 7. Very good. You know, this is why I love having you here. I, you know, I, I get the biggest kick out of you. We really do balance each other off as, as co-hosts. It's wonderful. But, um, <clears throat> so then, uh, main event-wise, we had uh, the the WWF title online. Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin with Mike Tyson as a special guest uh, in for, or as the special enforcer. I don't want to say a special guest enforcer, but it's the same thing. So um, the guest. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, and this match was was really awesome. And in my opinion, it saved the night because. You know, a lot of the a lot of the matches were very gimmicky, and kind of kind of lackluster. You know, you're not you're not going to get a five star match when you have you know the artist formerly known as Gold as Gold Dust and Linda Bashan running around like a like a fucking. Well, however, this was uh, the match that ended Shawn Michaels and put him out for four years. Uh, no, actually, it was, it was his last match in four years, but remember, the, the, the match that actually caused that, and it caused him to eventually miss four years? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because, uh, that, uh, back, whatever that backflip he took. Yeah, the backflip to the casket at the, um, at the Royal Rumble. So, oh, it was this and then this uh, on top of that match. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. I didn't know that. I thought it all started on at this uh, pay per view. No, no, it was um, it was it was the casket match with Taker at the at the Royal Rumble. And oh, okay. No, I didn't know that actually. And okay. then the the doctors were telling him, you know, you got to get surgery. You got to, you know, you got to get surgery and this that, and the other thing. Um. And, uh, and and he was like, "Well, I just wanna, I just wanna get to WrestleMania, and then we'll and then we'll go do it." And then um, you know, and then of course, um, Shawn Michaels was having a uh, a breakdown a few days before this this happened because um, you kind of you kind of get the backstory on one of Shawn Michaels' DVDs if you haven't uh, checked that out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get the backstory there, but uh, yeah, he um, he was not having a good time coming into this match with Austin, and uh, and this match only exacerbated the issues that he's had uh, with his back that that were uh, that were legitimately caused when his back hit the casket at the Royal Rumble. Okay, um, but having said that. I don't know how he pulled off what he pulled off in that degree of pain, but can we just take a minute to, to recognize just how fucking good Michaels is? Because if he can do that with with all the pain he must have been in and all the personal problems he had back in the day, holy shit. Say what you want about Tom Michaels being an asshole back in the day, and even he'll tell you that it's true. Not to... And we don't know him personally and stuff like that, but we're we're just we've we've been fans a long time and we've seen all this stuff. And, and Shawn Michaels himself will tell you he was an asshole. 
Um, so despite all that, the, you couldn't argue with the guy. You couldn't release the guy because he was the best in the world at what he did. He, 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 there's no argument there. He just was. Um, but I think I think this was the match that um, that uh, really catapulted um, Austin's career. You know, and um, I know he had the moment of King of the Ring after uh, defeating uh, Jake the Snake Roberts in 96. But if you ask me, this was the match that really made Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, what everybody loved him to, you know, to be. Um, But this, um, it it was really funny to me watching this because, you know, obviously... Uh, Tyson comes in clearly on the side of DX. You know, he's supposed to be the, you know, the special enforcer at WrestleMania 14, and he comes down the aisle, you know, slapping hands with with all the fans and stuff, and he's wearing a DX t-shirt. And then, and then, (laughs) if you really watch him, he didn't do shit during, during the match. Like, he... Like, I don't know why he was there during the match. He didn't do anything. He right. didn't do. He didn't do. He didn't do a damn thing until after, after um, uh, Austin hit the stunner for the one, two, three, and then he gets in the ring and raises raises Austin's hand and starts sw- and starts, you know, waving around the Austin three sixteen shirt, and Michaels gets up and starts. And starts pushing his finger into into Tyson's chest, you know, like what the hell? You're supposed to be with me. Uh, and I think anybody in the world who had who had seen Evander Holyfield versus Mike Tyson in '96 could could have told you, uh, hey, uh, Sean, you might need back surgery in a minute, but it, it, it might not be. Uh, beneficial to your health even further to provoke uh, <laughs> Mike Tyson because I don't know I don't know if uh, Tyson fully punched him in the face but the way that it was it was sold by uh, by um, Michaels was that he got knocked the fuck out yeah, it was, yeah. It, it, like his face was contorting like after the fact and like Sizing and shit. <laughs> so that was kind of funny, um, but uh, yeah. So um, Tyson was clearly on the side of Austin by the end of the match. But this, this was this was what I think people remember uh, WrestleMania 14 for, for was the birth of the Attitude Era and the uh, official coronation of. Uh, as Stone Cold Steve Austin as the man in WWE. Okay, so let's go over the matches we missed. So for the mixed tag match, what do you have? Um, I give it a two. Oh, you're uh, more generous than thirty-eight percent. They give it a one. Well, I can certainly understand that as well. <laughs> In the next, we had the Intercontinental Championship with Ken Shamrock versus The Rock. One. 50% gave it a three. Fuck off. <laughs> the 50% of you can 
I don't, I don't know what you're drinking, which is smoking, but that's not three stars. The tag team championship match. Um, that was, um, oh, what? Oh, oh, the, the dumpster match. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would get, I would give that three stars. 43% gave it a three stars. Then we had Kane versus Undertaker. Um, I, I would, again, give, give that three stars. I'm assuming the majority of people would give it a four. 39% give it a four. But, uh, but I, I would personally give it a three. See how intelligent I am? Even if I disagree, I can predict these things. And the main event, Shawn Michaels versus Steve Austin. I would, I would give it a four. 47% give it a 4. Overall, uh, what did you give this pay-per-view? I give it a 3 star. Okay, uh, this one is split because 0% gave it a 0 and a 1. 12% gave it a 2. 15 gave it a 3. And 37% were split between a four and a five star. Well, I I can understand that because we we discussed the historical significance. I think I think that rating is encompassing everything that this pay per view came to mean. Um, but when I'm giving my rating, I'm thinking about match quality overall. Um, and for that, I would have to give it a three. What do you think? Yeah, for me, I'd give it a three as well. Absolutely. All right, so that uh, takes care of WrestleMania 14. We are now going to get into our weekend wrestling, and we're going to start with Monday Night Raw. All right, so for a high point, let's take a look, because actually, I'm starting to go out on Monday nights. So I just see it out of the house. So what I do is I still watch Monday Night Raw, because I have an app on my phone that I can actually watch it wherever I am, uh, if I, as long as I have internet connection. Right. So, uh, one of my high points I had to give to the opening segment with Kevin Owens uh, coming out dressed as Stone Cold Steve Austin. That that was. I, I would agree, but my only drawback to that. Um, was the fact that they played Austin's music twice. You don't have to do that. Well, that's what he, he was saying. He was trolling the audience. Well, I know, but I think it was just overkill to do it twice. Okay. Um, my other high point was the Finn Balor, Austin Theory, and AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. I'm going to agree with you in terms of the high point for the main event, and I'm go I'm going to disagree about theory and um, Bauer. And, uh, Bauer, yeah. Uh, um, I I didn't see that as a high point, but um, okay. But I don't have something to replace it with. But maybe I'm just being stingy. Okay. Uh, um. My my little my now my little points I've got. Yeah. Natalia and Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Um, oh, thank and, you. And uh, fucking that Dana Brooke, Reggie, Tazawa, Tamina bullshit. 
Oh, God. I know we say this every time the 24-7 title comes up in conversation, I know. But fuck the 24-7 title. Speaking of a dumpster fire of a match, let's put the 24-7 title in the dumpster, burn it, and let it die. Oh, Oh, and while we're at it, while we're at it, Elio... Can we burn the women's tag team titles, please? I beg of you. That was so bad that that, that backstage segment, Carmella and Selena getting into, getting into that brawl, and then, well, now it, now they're saying, oh, it's all set up. And, and and then they were completely fine. Yep. You know, I, I would I would be shocked. I would be. Floored if they were still a tag team after WrestleMania, but the fact, that, uh, but aside from from that, just from what I saw on my TV, I couldn't give a single fuck, a single flying fuck, as a matter of fact, um, ab- about the tag team titles where Carmella and Selena or Natty or whoever the fuck else in this the fucking division. Well, I, I have a question. I, I know Natty's on SmackDown, but I don't give a fuck about the entire women's division. Certainly not the women's tag team division, because there are no fucking tag teams. I have a question. Hold on. No. No, okay, remember when uh, Selena slapped the phone out of Carmella's hand? Yeah. Did Carmella say that phone cost $600? Uh, yeah, she did, I think. Yeah. Buy another one just like that. You got money. <laughs> You know, I just you know, and 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 this whole this. I mean, I I understand it because they have a reality show and and they're legitimately engaged and looking to get married. I understand what they're doing with Carmilla and Corey Graves. Okay, Corey Graves, he, even before this storyline came up, he has a long established history of drooling over Carmilla when she comes out to the ring. I get that, but. And, that's wow. his girl, but all that, all that being said and understood, and you know, I respect your relationship and all that. I don't want to see it on my TV. And also, I really, I don't want to see Carmella coming out to the commentary table because it takes away from whatever match is in the ring at that time. Well, exactly, but but I don't blame the characters for that. I blame the. Uh, I blame the higher ups that put that shit on their TV because that's what they that, that's what they don't understand. Like I'm not being an asshole about an angle. I might not like it, but at least when you, when you're trying to get something over on TV and you try different things, and I I I I get that. So I understand that it's a WrestleMania thing. It shouldn't be on WrestleMania, but I understand them trying to. Uh, inject some something new into the women's division. God knows they need it, but it just when I'm looking at Carmelo, when when somebody else is in the ring, I got I got a problem with that. Yep, and and uh, they, like okay, we talked about Austin Theory, but when Austin Theory came out to the commentary, the way he was sitting down uh, at commentary, the cameraman the. Yeah, camera person had uh, the camera right on him, and he's like pointing to the ring, telling them to focus on the ring. Well, well, I think well, and good on good on Austin Theory. That was very smart of him to say. But I think 
I think the reason they were focusing on um, Siri at that particular time was because they were getting ready for Pat McAfee to come out and and um, and do a commentary on um, on Siri's match later on in the evening. I I don't know, uh, but you know I'm not excusing them, but that might be why they were doing yeah. it. All right, so um, do you have anything to add for high point and low points? Um, no, man. You you pretty much um, you you pretty much nailed it. I'm actually gonna add one more: Omos versus Apollo Crews and Commander of Z's. Okay, can we just stop with with Omos, please? Yeah. Like I, I I'm not I'm not trying to rant. I'm not trying to rave. I'm not trying to to raise my blood pressure on a Saturday night. I'm I'm actually in a good mood and I'm having fun with one of my boys. We're shooting the shit, at, you know, talking wrestling. I'm I'm having a damn good time. I got a smile on my face. But can we please, for the sweet love of God, not put almost in a singles match at WrestleMania? No, I believe um, they were talking about uh, him against Lashley at WrestleMania. Don't do that. Well, don't, well, don't do that. But one, don't do that for the health of Bobby Lashley if he's just coming off of being injured. Don't do that to him. But even the other idea, the other idea that I saw floating around the interweb today, oh no, um, was to um, was to have um. Uh, Gable Stevenson come in as the surprise opponent for him. Why? And, Why uh, do you want to do that? Why do you want to debut him that way? Well, I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to put Stevenson in a position to lose. But even even if you have Stevenson beat almost, I'm not still playing the pushing almost. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's if that's the right thing to do. Um. But uh, but I'll tell you for sure. Regardless of who the opponent is, the wrong thing to do is to put Omos in a singles match on your biggest show of the fucking year. Mm-hmm. You know when? Uh, now I know this is part of a storyline, but you mean to tell me that you're going to put Omos in a match where you don't even have Seth Rollins lined up until a week before WrestleMania? I know that's all storyline driven, but how much sense does that make to be talking about an almost match weeks ahead of time and you don't even have Seth Rollins penciled in on the card officially and we're a week out from WrestleMania? I have another high point. I like uh, Becky Lynch's promo app on Raw. I hated it. I, I, I was just I was just about to say my ultimate low point outside of the uh, outside of the twenty four seven title bullshit was was Becky's promo. I fucking hated it. Okay. Becky Lynch Becky Lynch sounded like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. You know. That's bad. <laughs> Becky uh, used to be bent so flame. <laughs> I know, which, which is why, which is why I take this so personally because I love Becky Lynch. I think she's fucking amazing. Um, what as a heel? Oh my god, no! She is bad as a heel. 
Because, like, through through this entire promo, she's going, my precious. I will do it. I will do everything. I will sacrifice whatever it takes to keep this this title on my shoulder because she's my precious. My my God, I thought she was gonna have her baby come on and be part of that. I'm gonna call her my precious. I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some fantasy booking with the Becky Lynch match at WrestleMania. Um, should I do that now or should I save it for the end of the show? Well, um, well, you might as well do it now since we're talking about it. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, last week she took Bianca Belair out, right, with the injury. Right. So, yeah, that means Bianca Belair is out of WrestleMania, okay? Yeah. So this week she ended her promo with saying, if Bianca Belair makes it to WrestleMania. Now, Bailey is supposed to return, but forget Bailey. Just leave her alone for now. Leave her on SmackDown. So Bianca says, um, so Becky says, Bianca Belair is out. She will make it to And uh, she's like, if she makes it to WrestleMania. But she won't, okay? So, WrestleMania comes. And Becky Lynch is, uh, walks out for her match, okay? Right. Which she knows is not going to happen, but she's like, Bianca Belair is not here because I took her out of action, so she automatically forfeits the match, and I'm still the champion. So I have no one else to face since I've beaten everyone, so I'm just going to leave and go and celebrate. Alright. So she goes to leave the ring, the lights go out, and we hear this music. All right, Ben. So she's in the ring, right? She says she does. She's beaten everyone. She has no reason to stay around. She's gonna leave and go celebrate. Okay. Yeah. She goes to leave the ring. The lights turn off, and you hear this music. That would be awesome. And that's your Raw Women's Championship. However, we're gonna we're gonna leave it on Becky for now. But Oscar's gonna come out the next night for a rematch, and Becky still Becky still takes it, and that sets up the, a third match for. WrestleMania backlash. However, it's not going to be a one-on-one because Bianca Belair makes her return and adds herself into the match and turns into a triple threat. That, that would that would definitely be interesting. Um, you know, I'm I'm wondering at this point what exactly uh, is keeping Asuka out of action for See, the, this is the a kind of writing WWE needs to be doing. Well, I mean, good, good Lord, we all, we already know that you could do a better job with their pay-per-view posters, and we know that the two of us could do a better job writing the show, for God's sake. I mean, I just wrote uh, two pay-per-views worth of storyline for them. Exactly, so. So, all right, uh, that's all we have for Raw, right? Exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to NXT and... um. We're going to start off with the uh, high points. Okay. 
Okay, for me, Solo Sokoa and Roderick Strong was a good match. Uh, a low point is for is uh, Tony D'Angelo, Dexter Loomis, and I love Electro Lopez, but I'm putting in a low point because it was Electro Lopez versus Fallon Henley. God. My uh, other another high point at Braun Breaker, Robert Roode, uh, Grayson Waller, A Kid is a low point. As is the Creed Brothers versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Walter versus Duke Hudson. We should not call him Gunther. Uh, it was an okay match for me. Um, but that the chops that Walter delivers, holy jeez. Ah, yeah, you, you, your soul's going to leave your body for a short period of time. And my final high point is Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray defeating Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu in the Dusty Classic Finals. I do have one more low point. Fucking chase you with Andre Chase. I, I cannot stand this guy. I, I don't. I don't get it. You know, I, I I've seen him several times. Um, even though I don't watch NXT, um, you know, I still catch up on clips. Or if I hear that something was worth checking out, then I'll yep. go back and look at it. But it's just I, I have no interest in watching. Uh, NXT on a regular basis. Now you know uh, you know is um whatever that other guy that's with him, Bodie, whatever his name is. Yeah. I swear, I thought I was watching a low budget version version of Jane oh. Stalin Bob when they had Chase U on this past Tuesday. Oh my god! Because they look like Jane Stalin Bob. <laughs> what the hell? I, well, you know, I can't say I know because I didn't watch it. But I mean, you know. It's just like no, I know, but I can we've seen Jane Sun movies. You know. So, like, yeah. Uh that's all I got for NXT Ben. How about we can move on to Dynamite? Yes, sir. And um this was a very, very good show. My God. Uh so um high point was uh CM Punk versus Dax Harwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean I'm not too familiar with FCR in single situations, but my God, this was a good match. Oh, Supercard Alonso song uh, April first. Did you see the match that they have on yeah. schedule? Um, Briscoes, and I'm actually I'm actually going to try to get Supercard of Honor. Okay, cool. Um, so if you want to, if I'm able to get it, and uh, do you want to do a, re- a review of that show? Well, yeah, we can do it the following Tuesday, uh, following WrestleMania, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, CM Punk versus Harwood. Um, and then I I absolutely enjoyed the eight-man tornado tag, which is a rarity for me, but that's a that's a high point. Jeff Ooh. Hardy is still crazy. He, really? jumped off, he jumped off the building. I saw as, that. At 40-plus years old, through a table, he jumped off the building. Like not he, the top, you know not how the top I am. of the ladder. Yeah. You, know, you know how I am with the uh, six-man tag matches, eight-man tag matches after seeing you, as much New Japan as I've seen. But, uh, yeah, this one wasn't bad. I heard about this. Yeah, but th- this was just fun. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, and then the other high point was uh, MJF's promo on Wardlow. Ben? Yeah. Now look. 
What? I'm supposed to hate this guy. But it's impossible. I can't. These promos are so good. You're not right. Me. You know what? This is not Ben's last show, ladies and gentlemen. Because I'm on the MGF train. Oh. <laughs> you have finally drank from the Holy Grail. The cup of the Holy Grail. <laughs> because that's, that's going to be the title of, of this Hold on, wait, 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 let me write it down. Let me just open my notepad here. Elio's Holy Grail. That's it. (laughs) Because, because, ladies and gentlemen, MJF took so much shit from the trolls on Twitter because he made a Jesus reference during this promo. He's... He said that he was going to, um, you know, he was gonna, he was going to um, own Wardlow like uh, Christ nailed to the cross. You know, it, it, and of course, because and part and part of me understands this. You know, I can understand why that would be a problem for some people, especially if you're. If you're uber religious, I mean, the last time, the last time the the crucifixion of Christ was mentioned in the context of professional wrestling was uh, Sandman and Raven, and we know how Kurt Angle felt about that. But that, I mean, this wasn't anywhere near that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, whenever Jesus gets mentioned in professional wrestling, it's typically not a good idea. But Given that it's MJF, I can't give it a low point. I have to, you know, I have to say, holy shit. Yeah. And um, and it's funny. I don't know if you saw this, but he did. Um, MJF did an interview with, um, I believe it was Ariel Helwani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it, yeah. With the MMA guy. But he, he was MJF. He wasn't, like, in character. Or was he? Well, pa- well, partially he was. Partially he was, but like uh, most of what I saw, he what, he was just himself. But he was, you know, but he, he was talking about, you know, talking about Helani. He was asking him, you know, why do you mention your contract so much and stuff like that? Don't you think? Don't you think that could backfire and blah blah blah? And he's he gave a very MJF answer. He's like, you know, not when you're worth as much money as I am. <laughs> <laughs> and he he repeated the date January first, twenty twenty four. So I hate I hate him, Jeff. I hate him, but I love him. But I hate him. He's such a uh, well. You well, you love to hate him, but yeah, I mean, you know. But that's what I'm saying. Uh, I've I've always been the guy where I'm gonna pop much harder for the heels than you know yep. the good guys, so to speak. But um, the other high point I had was um was Adam Cole versus Jay Lethal. Uh, I thought that that was really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. And then uh, low points, I had um, Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. Real bad. Um, I had the, I think it was the main event. Uh, yeah, it was, according General to what I'm Society. 
Yeah, versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds. I just don't care. Um, and then, um, I, I mean, I what is, what is the what is the point of what they're what they're doing with the Jericho Appreciation Society? I would like to um, see it play out, you know, and give it a chance because it is Chris Jericho. But so far, I'm not impressed. The, yeah. the, oh, sorry, did we see Sammy Guevara on uh, Wednesday night or f- Friday last night? No, that was that was Wednesday, and that was that that was my other low point. Yeah, like that was a weird segment. And since when no, is Dan Lambert a quote champion? Yeah, can, uh, but I mean that part makes sense because Dan Lambert's the asshole heel. I I mean I get that. But tell me, what what is the fascination with talking about ejaculating body fluids on the world championships? Like, well, what is going on? That I was trying know, to figure out what, where they were going there because that was just a very weird segment. Like I don't like yes, Tay Conti's a very beautiful woman, but but even that, like I don't want to see her and Sammy Guevara naked, you know, while they're <laughs> while they're fondling the the. The uh, TNT title against their genitals, and and you know they actually posted a picture of that, you know, and I'm actually you know, but you know that that's one thing, but you know the only other time that I have that I've that I've uh, seen that kind of thing was um was pe- was people talking about um how uh, how Paige had um you know it had some sort of uh, sexual thing going on with the D with with the Divas title. I, you know, between that and what we saw on Wednesday night, I think I've had enough of, of body fluids and and professional wrestling championships. You know, I so that automatically that's going to be a low point for I'm me. Surprised, I'm surprised uh, no one said anything about that segment, seeing as how this is uh, anything but the Attitude Era in 2022. Yeah, I mean, and, and given how um, you know politically correct AEW yeah. can, can be, yeah, I was very surprised at that. But having said that, even with those few low points. Overall, I thought this this was an amazing episode. Uh, my other my other high point was uh, I like this Dangerous and the Moxley team. Oh, but what about that uh, name they gave the the Blackpool Combat Club? That's actually kind of cool. I kind of I, I, I kind of like, like that name. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't is Wheeler Yuta trying to get into the into that team? Uh, apparently, but I, I just wanted to. I wanted to stay as Moxley and and Brian. Er, yeah, uh, Moxley and Danielson. Don't start doing no NWO stuff where you're gonna keep adding people, adding people, adding people because then it's gonna oh, be uh, bad. Well, I I firmly believe now. Obviously, the NWO is an old topic and stuff like that. But you know, with the, with the passing of Scott Hall, you know, people are talking about that again and, you know, the significance of it and all that, you know. But um, I believe that the NWO is what injected life and death into WCW because because once they got on that gravy train, they rode it until the company died. Yep. You know? All right, so is that all we have for uh, Dynamite? Yes, sir. 
Alright, let's move on to SmackDown Ben. Oh my god. What the drizzling shit was that? First of all, my high point. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna pass it on to you for your high points first. And no points. Um, well, uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Here, here we go. Um, so, uh, I really liked the, um, the opening of the show where, uh, Brock Lesnar commandeered Roman Reigns, uh, locker room and, and broke the glass table, yep. uh, by putting his feet on it. I, I don't know, I, like, I didn't think I would enjoy Babyface Brock so much, but my God, he's entertaining. But the man's having fun. He is entertaining. I like this. I, I, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful thing to see. So that, that was a high point. Um, so was the announcement that Chad Gaspard would be the uh, Warrior Award recipient. And uh, we've talked about the, on, in, on past episodes how we feel about the Warrior Award, but uh, this one is good. I like this one. Yes, this one, they should do more for, for that guy and his family because if, if anyone deserves that, that award and recognition... It's Chad Gaspard. I mean, I mean, you know, what can you say to that level of of heroism and sacrifice? Yeah. I mean, holy shit! So nothing but respect for for that. And uh, you know, may he continue to rest in peace because if anyone deserves it, he does. Jesus Christ. Um. You know, the uh, the low point um, was. Uh, was Riz Howland's match with uh, Xavier Woods? I just which, I would have, which I, lasted forty six seconds. I would have expected something much bigger for Woods' return match. I really would. And furthermore, I don't like them turning Biggie's injury into an angle. No, because because you can't really play Howland as the bad guy in this scenario. One, because, of course, he didn't mean to break the guy's neck. And two, you know, the story broke that he was one of the first people to visit him in the hospital. So, you know, and and that, and that and that's another thing. One, thank, thank God Big E's doing as well as he is. But no, number two, I got really pissed off when people were going after Ridge Holland and stuff yep. like that. It's like, what the fuck, people? Of, of course, the poor guy didn't mean to didn't mean to break his, his opponent's neck. Like, sh- shut the fuck up. You know, and, and it, it, it's that kind of stuff that really makes me venomously hate uh, a certain portion of the IWC. Yep. I, I, I. You know, wrestling is one thing we all have varying opinions on. On what we see on our TV on a weekly basis, and I, I certainly have have some some strong opinions myself. But I think when when it crosses into that real life shit, and you know you're still talking shit, I I think I think that's a problem. Um, and I, that's just one area of professional wrestling I prefer to stay away from. 
Um, and um, the the other uh, the other low point was was the promo between Charlotte and uh, Rhonda. Oh, come on, Ben. You, you got to feel bad for her she, and be proud of her. She broke her arm her first arm at six. Well, is that something that, that she should be proud of? I don't know. But she, see, she said she was proud of it, but she lost count after that. Well, I mean, I understand her being proud of accomplishments, but Jesus Christ. But uh, I'll tell you. Oh, you're right. That's sorry. That was bad. But... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what was accomplished during this promo. Me falling asleep. Oh, there you go. This was just absolutely awful. It and was horrible. I I said something back when we were uh, earlier in the show when we were um, reviewing WrestleMania 14, which I'm looking at the clock and got and got we're already running out close to two hours on the show. So maybe I should maybe I should shut the fuck up, but I'm not going to do that because this is my show and we do what we want to do and it's WrestleMania season, so we have to talk. Um, but all that being said, I cannot resist the urge to say this: this match does nothing to interest me whatsoever. Um, I understand why it's part of WrestleMania, given the names involved. Um, but it's just, to me, it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay? No, number number one, uh, for, first and foremost, um, I... You know how you know how I feel about Charlotte already. Very talented professional wrestler, uh, but everything else about her presentation... And the things I've seen her post on social media and in interviews, it makes me very strongly dislike her. Yeah. Uh, you know, she um, she recently did an interview I saw today. I'm I'm, I'm not going to pull it up and like source it because I don't I don't feel the need to do it because I'm not going to talk about it for a long time or in any kind of detail. But you know she. But she said that she feels that um, if if she was a man, she wouldn't be getting criticized the way that she, that she, she gets because because men don't get criticized for constantly being in the title picture. Uh, excuse me, uh, Miss Flair or Flair in the, in this case because I'm going to get real with you. Excuse me, Ashley Flair. Um, you know, yes, we have, uh, in in general, as a community, had plenty of problems when the when the men uh, get too much shine. Have you ever heard the name John Cena before? Um, have you ever heard the name Roman Reigns before he turned heel? Um, I I would even go as far to say that that even though I love Roman Reigns' heel turn. His run with the title is going to get stale if they don't do something with it quickly. And I'm, I'm really hoping it's not reaching its saturation point, but I fear after this match with Brock Lesnar, it's going to, unless they pull another rabbit out of their hat with The Rock at WrestleMania 39. Um, 
which I don't know if they're going to be able to pull off given uh, given the Rock's Hollywood um, responsibilities. But if if they can pull the Rock off, then Roman should not be losing the title un- until you know that point or even past that. But but I how. I, I don't want to go too far because I don't know her and she could she could legitimately be the a, a very nice person but how presumptuous could you possibly be to say that the only reason you get criticized is because you're a woman chasing after your goals in the industry uh you know I don't give a fuck that you're a woman I, I really I, and this is not anti-woman. I don't give a fuck if you're male, female, whatever you want to be. I don't give a damn. But when you, but when you, and I have been very outspoken and supportive of women on this podcast when they get, when they get unfairly targeted, and Elio will tell you that. Uh, but it, it's to me when you respond that way when somebody, in my opinion, who has very legitimate criticism, that being me, um, and other people I've talked to, you know, do you really think you're that important that you would be above criticism? That That's my problem with Charlotte Flair, and that's my problem with Rick Flair, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, is Rick Flair... He's another one. I can't stand Rick Flair. You know, is Rick Flair one of the best wrestlers of all time? Yes, absolutely. But you know, if you want to bitch about every possible thing that WWE does that that you that you feel isn't taking advantage of your legacy, what I mean, what the hell is what the hell is this? And I feel like that's rubbing off on Charlotte Flair because. Because, because the attitude that she exhibits by saying, you know, if this was a man, they wouldn't be criticizing them constantly being in the title picture. Uh, I can give you plenty of examples that, that, and I just did, that that would render that argument pointless. You know, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair is a very good wrestler. I don't want that to get lost here. And I, I don't mean to be an asshole toward her or, or sound like one. I'm not trying to be. You know, it's it's never my intention to come on here and be an asshole about pro wrestling. It's, you know, I'm not going to get my blood pressure up. But when I, when, I, when I see something like that, it's like, come on now. Like, you're going to act like that and expect me not to notice? Really? You know, so I, I, I don't know. But for the, for that and and the on screen stuff, but okay, so that's interview stuff. That's 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 Ashley Flair talking. Let's talk about Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey and the presentation of this feud. I put that in quotes, Elio, because I don't know what the feud is over. What are they What are they feuding about? Uh. Best answer I can give you is WrestleMania 35 main event. 
but but are are we hearing? And that would be a very good answer. That to 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 get the the blow off to this feud. But have you heard mention of WrestleMania 35 in the build up to this match? No. No. What, what and and what have you heard? Nothing. Well, I I actually have an answer for you. Who has the better submission move, Charlotte Flair or Ronda Rousey? Are you kidding me? Are 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 you? What? You want me to take your women's division seriously when your big when your big selling point for that division is Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey? Now, let, let's talk, let's talk about. Let's talk about Ronda Rousey for a minute. We know who Ronda Rousey is. We know what she's accomplished. Yep. She, her accomplishments are absolutely amazing. I take nothing away from her. You know, she she went away from WWE the first time because she wanted to have a baby. I'm not knocking her for that. She wanted to start a family. I'm not going to knock anybody for that for any reason whatsoever. But as it, as it relates to WrestleMania 35, or I'm sorry, I mean this current build to WrestleMania, um, Ronda Rousey has done nothing to get me interested in this feud. Nothing. And he only had a brawl a couple of weeks back on SmackDown. <laughs> uh, nothing whatsoever, and. And the the point that I'm that I'm trying to make by by bringing all this stuff up is, you know, if if it had been Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey as the big payoff the first time, the first time Ronda came to WWE, I would be a little bit more interested. I un, I understand why it was a triple threat with Becky Lynch because. Becky was hot back then, like like the hottest she's ever been. So I got, I got all that, but this this is Ronda Rousey, a, a person that was coming off one of the most impressive runs in sports, and and you know I just always thought that should have been a singles match, but but given the fact that they didn't do that and her. First run in WWE wasn't that impressive to begin with. Couple, and maybe, and maybe that maybe that's just me taking a hard edge. But, um, but the the second run, uh, post baby, and post all this other amazing career uh, uh, accolades, I don't really see the same marquee value. In the name Ronda Rousey, you know, it, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying she doesn't have value, but I'm just, but I'm certainly not interested in her versus Charlotte Flair. And based on what WWE has presented to me, I'm not sure anybody else uh, watching this has a legitimate reason to be excited about this. I don't. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, is, is that all your high points, low points? Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. I, I'm sorry. I went off on a rant. I'm I'm sorry. 
Um, oh, oh, but actually, no. Can I mention one more low point and then I'll shut the fuck up and we'll move on? Okay. Why is it? Why is it, Elio, that the Intercontinental Champion had to lose twice in one night on the road to WrestleMania? Let Let alone this close to WrestleMania? Okay, the main lo- the main well, loss in consecutive matches against Angel Garza and Humberto Correa. I had the first one as a high point, and that, that, that's not really even saying much because this show was just this show sucked. Terrible. This show sucked. Donkey death. That <laughs> oh, bad. <laughs> what the fuck I'm with these bad images. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for, for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar's segments, who gives a fuck? <laughs> I agree. But, but that illustrates the bigger problem. We are one week away from from WrestleMania on your penultimate show, and I'm literally uttering the words, who gives a fuck? Well, I don't know. Well, apparently uh, next Monday night uh, they have big surprises planned. I don't know. Well, I'll, well, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, not yeah, next month, uh, not this Monday. The following after Mania. Well, a- after Mania is one thing, and, and they better pull some rabbits out of their hats on F- on Raw after Mania because that that's the biggest Raw of the year, but and and arguably the biggest weekly show of the year, but. Yeah. Holy shit! In terms of a build to 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 WrestleMania, this has got to be the worst I have ever seen. And 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 we're not going to go over the card tonight because, well, one that wasn't planned. Two, we've already gone two hours. But but it's important to to know from a programming perspective that we are going to have our pre-show this coming Tuesday and then the post-show the following Tuesday because obviously WrestleMania falls on Saturday and Sunday so we're not going to record a podcast on either one of those days because what's the point? Um, You know, if we were were on YouTube or something, this would be a different conversation. But Given the kind of podcast we are, I don't really see the point in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it 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 strikes me as interesting that that you know on the final week ahead of WrestleMania, we're having these conversations, and and I'm and the point being, Elio, I'm not excited about WrestleMania. I'm not. There, there are there are individual matches I'm looking forward to. Sure, and 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 you know and and you're gonna you're gonna have the opportunity, fans. You know we're gonna we're gonna lay out all of our predictions for night one and night two uh, this coming Tuesday. Um, so make sure you, you uh, that you uh, bring your beverages for that, and we're gonna have a, a damn good time. But it's because Elio and I are going to make it fun, not because WWE is making it fun. 
I figure. I figure. You know what their problem is? What's that? They're always redoing rewrites right up until the showtime. That's because they have no fucking clue what they're doing. Uh, and Vince is always changing things. He needs well, to stop. Vince needs to retire. <laughs> yep. And, and I, I mean no disrespect whatsoever, but but I, I, I even had this conversation with my dad and my mom a few a few uh, months ago because oh, they yeah. they were very interested in my decline in, in of interest in WWE. Oh wow! Um, because you know it's been a thirty year love affair with me, and they're like, "What the hell?" So. <laughs> So the the answer that I gave to them, um, because I couldn't really go in depth detail on storylines and shit like that, because they don't know. But the answer that I gave is because you have a seventy some year old man writing TV for an eighteen to thirty four year old demographic. It's not going to work. It, it it just isn't, and you know. If that sounds like ageism, maybe it is, but logically, it doesn't make sense for a 76-year-old man to be so deeply in charge and so ingrained in something that is targeted toward children up to people that are my age. I mean, what the... Like, am I missing something? Clearly, I'm not based on what I'm watching on TV. I wish I didn't have to watch it. Good God. All right, Elio, um, you have the floor for the next several minutes because I need a fucking break. Okay, my you, you, you want me to start out Rampage? I'll start, start out Rampage for you. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> rampage is not very good. No, it's not. I agree. I mean, okay. My high point was Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer. My low point was Red Dragon and Dark Order. Nyla Rose and Maddie Rankowski. And the only other one I liked was Ricky Starks and Swerve Strickland. Now, Ben Sia, Tony Khan, tweeted out about a big signing that would be on Rampage. I heard that he was going to announce it on Rampage. I didn't see that announcement, but... Well, apparently it's uh, this one here that was facing Nyla Rose. Who? Maddie Rankowski. That was the... uh, I don't think that was the announcement. No, we would have heard something. I don't think so. I think maybe... I think maybe they meant that they were going to save it for Dynamite or something, but... uh, we probably uh, someone must have uh, misread then. Well, no, but, I think I think I think we read it correctly. It's just it wasn't delivered because because I didn't see anything really noteworthy in terms of the women's division on Rampage. And my my little point: the Hooks Award ceremony. Like I. I don't get me wrong. I, Hook is awesome. Tons oh. of potential. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be Ben's last show. 
<laughs> well, your your C's falling more than a second and third grader. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, Go yeah, on. you you know you couldn't do this show without me. You love me. Come on. Go on. Come here. Don't don't be talking shit. You love me. <laughs> but um, but uh, you you know. But I'll I'll give my. Low points and high points now. So, yeah, uh, the let me just see if I can fire this up. Uh, no, that's not good. Okay, here we here we go. Um, so high point was uh, was Swerve and um, Sarks. Yep. Yeah, that was. I thought that match was amazing. Uh, low point was. Uh, Red Dragon versus Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with you there. And also the Fuego Del Sol. Oh, that was pro- bad. Uh, promo that ended with him getting his ass kicked. Why do you do that? Was a block. Why do you do that for? What? I don't know. I I I really I really don't. Um. And um. You know I also. I also really liked Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, there's just there's not much to these to these shows. No. I and anything Nyla Rose is automatically a low point. I, yep. I, you know, no disrespect whatsoever, but she is not. She should not be in this business for any other reason other than she sucks. At professional wrestling. Well, she, yeah, she's not good. I mean, she, like, she, she literally, her and Nia Jax are the worst professional wrestlers I've ever seen. Yep. Like, okay, maybe Giant Gonzalez was, is slightly above them, but my God, not by very much. Holy shit. You know, I mean, this is great Kali level bad, and he's a Hall of Famer for some fucking reason, which I get to understand, but it's just, what is this? You know, and and the thing that, the thing that I hate is, you know, every time someone criticizes Nyla Rose, oh, it must be because she's trans. No. You know, you're... Lifestyle choices are yours, and, and you know my and your life is none of my fucking business. Why are people like that? But but I'm am I'm, I'm just saying from what I'm seeing on my TV, you're not a good professional wrestler. Nope. And to me, that's not unfair criticism. You know, so I I don't I don't know, but um, so that ends our uh. Weekly review. Elio, what you got in the finals of the, of the first tournament we'll discuss tonight? All right. So the first tournament. So this this is the finals of the challenge for the championship tournament to unify the USWA titles. Which took place on October 8, 1990. Thank goodness, after five weeks. We will be back shortly. Alright, Ben. The USWA Challenge for the Championship Tournament. The finals. Austin Idol, Jerry Lawler. Absolutely. Are you ready? 
Yes, sir. All right. Here we go.
And there it is. Jerry Lawler is a new USWA Unified Heavyweight Champion. That was a marathon of a tournament. Dude, uh, I had to... Let me tell you, I had to split that match into... uh, Let me see exactly how many... I had to split that into... Into um, four different files. That's how long the match was. Oh, good lord! I split for so it was a long match, but it was a good match, and that's the end of the tournament. Well, congratulations to you, sir. Yes, and uh, now we are going to get into our second tournament, which is going to I'm going to put up on my TikTok account. Then we're going to I'm going to have polls set up for the fans to vote on, and this is the AEW. Best theme song tournament. Okay, so explain, before we get started, explain something to me. Am I participating or listening to what you've put together? No, no, uh, this is uh, for the listeners. And uh, I'm going to read the results of the of uh, each uh, bracket, each the match in each bracket. Okay, cool. So fans are going to go on the TikTok account. My TikTok account, LEO underscore wrestling POV. I'm going to have each individual match, and fans are going to vote, and next week we will give the results of the first round, and then the semifinal, quarterfinals, until the finals, until we get one winner. So, the matchups in the left bracket are like this. Adam Cole versus Darby Allen. And we have Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. Brian Danielson versus the Lucha Brothers. Kenny Omega versus Eddie Kingston. Serena Deeb versus Ricky Starks. Ty Conti versus Sting. Hook versus Andrade. And Dr. Britt Baker versus Sammy Guevara. So that's the right bracket. That's going to be very interesting. I mean, sorry, that's the left brackets. The right brackets read like this. CM Punk versus The Acclaimed. Ruby oh, Soho. <laughs> Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. Malachi Black versus Jungle Boy. God. Nyla Rose versus Jamie Hayter. FTR versus Jade Cargill. <laughs> Thunder Rosa versus Orange Cassidy. John Moxley versus Chris Jericho and MGF versus Adam Page. Oh. So those are the matches in this tournament. And when I say matches, those are the theme songs of each uh, match that I just uh, ran down. So, um... Remind, remind me, you might have told me this already, and I just don't recall. Um, but who put who put the brackets together? AEW. Oh, okay. I got this off of the AEW on TV uh, Instagram page. That that it that is very interesting. Because some some of those some of those matchups I wouldn't have expected. 
So I will be posting the matches on my TikTok. Fans will go and vote, and I will read the results next week. Absolutely. Now we're into the final segment, Ben. Yes, sir. Good Lord. <laughs> we'll be right back while I set this up. All right, wrestling roulette, and the way it works, I play 10 seconds of a theme song. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to, Ben. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. I love him. We have 21 songs lined up, and here is your first one. So I would say, um, Jack Swagger. No. Who was it then? That was Darren Young. Oh, 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 okay. Did you hear the beginning? No, it cut out. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Let's make Darren Young great. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, had I heard it, I would have got it. So we'll just say one and out because that's obvious. Alright, so one one or one and oh? One and oh. Alright, what? I would have got it anyway. Alright, one and oh. Okay, here we go. Mankind. Mankind. 2-0. I have not a clue. That is Zoe Stark. Well, I don't watch NXT, so... I love her. Alright, here we go. <laughs> here we go. So, no, track four. Um. Tyson Kidd? Tyson Kidd. Three and one. Okay, track five. Something hooting any here. I think this is uh, the first time we've had that on this show. I'm not sure. That is Coco Beware. Oh, damn. Okay. I thought, okay, the very first uh, wrestling event I went to on Sunday, September 16, 1990, the first match was Coco Beware. And I, I forget who it was, if it was Rick Martell or something like that. But that's the, that's, this is the first theme I heard when I walked into the, the arena that night. 
Oh, cool. Because uh, awesome. they, they, they were queuing it up to make sure everything was working right. So that he was in the first opening match. Cool. So that's uh, three and two, I believe. Yes, three and two. We go, track number six. Oh god, um, it sounds familiar. Um, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to say hide and rake. No, that is Rhino. Oh shit! Okay. All right, so we have three and three. Here we are, track seven. <laughs> Chris Stratus. Chris Stratus, four and three. No. Well, it's the runway. What? The runway. The fuck? (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Yeah, Billy and Chuck. I wonder if that was actually their tag team name, The Runway. No, it was just Billy and Chuck. Then why why am I reading The Runway here? 2003. Maybe that was the name of the song. I don't know, but it was... No, the name, of, the name of the song is You Look So Good To Me. And I know, you're, you're right, Billy and Chuck. But I'm just saying, what I have written here is weird. Yeah, well, it, it was weird because it was like the gay wedding shit. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the... Um, and then... Eric Bishop was a priest. And the crowd was reacting so poorly that they changed it before the end of the ceremony. Well, will you be my tag, like my tag partner for life? You know, because the gay wedding wasn't getting over. <laughs> but like, like you know, you couldn't figure out that that wasn't going to get over. And that, you know, not that I have a problem with any of that, but like this whole angle was getting covered on like Inside Edition and other like national. I must have missed it that time. Yeah, like, it was getting covered everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was, was like, uh, at school that time, so I was, like, uh, busy with uh, trying to get through college. Alright, so that's five and three. Here we go. Track nine. Nia Jax. Nia Jax, six and three. Two or track ten. We already went and ran through track ten. We already ran through ten tracks. Ah, damn. Kamala? No. Who was it? 
Umaga. Oh shit! Okay, my bad. All right, so that's uh, that makes sense. Six, six and, and four. four. Yeah. Here we go. Track eleven. Nikki Cross. Okay. I didn't say Nikki Ash. Said Nikki Cross. All right. Well, you you get a pass. All right. For the since since this is an audio only podcast, I just I emphatically right gave the thumbs down to right Elliot. Oh, yeah, right no, I, I believe you. You know, but I'm just saying. You know. Yeah. I know. I hear. Alright, so six and five, here we go. I have no idea. That is Rob Van Dam. I don't even remember him ever using that. No, I don't either. So six and six. But Ben, let me ask you a question. What was the point of Reckless the Reckless Intent album? I have no idea. Because he never used that theme. I don't remember him ever using that theme. Well, that, that, um, I remember, I never had that CD, but my understanding was that, um, that was, like, a lot of remixes. Yeah, like, uh, okay, we're gonna just pause the game for, for a minute. I want to redo the track here, the tracks here, okay? So yes. we have Walk, oh, I Walk Alone. Batista's song, okay? Yeah. Burning My Light, Randy Orton's theme. Okay. Hard Hitting, Jonathan Coachman. Uh, Crank It Up, The Big Show. Holla by Can- uh, Candace Michelle's theme. A Girl Like That, Tori Wilson. Ken Soy, Soy Yo, Carlito. The Deadly Game theme. MVP, I'm coming. Fury of the Storm, Robin Dam. Somebody's gonna get it, Mark Henry. With legs like that, Maria Canellas. This Fire Burns, CM Punk, Buyaka 619, Rey Mysterio, and King of Kings, Triple H. Yeah, first of all, this Fire Burns, I know it was intended for CM Punk, but they were like, what? Because <laughs> that was Kane. This fire um, burns. That wasn't Kane. That was actually made for uh, Randy Orton at first. Okay. All right. So we are six and six. Here we go. It's all about me. I'm falling off the cliff here. I started so well. Um, Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton doesn't even have a theme yet. Uh, that is Emma. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> okay, Ben. You know how I said Def Rebel is always really re- releasing new shit and like it's terrible. 
Explain to me how Tiffany Strand doesn't have a theme, and she's a wrestler, but Logan Paul has a theme. Logan, the fact that Logan Paul is is participating in WrestleMania should be considered an embarrassment. It, it, it truly, truly, it's it's humiliating. How does he you have know, a wrestling theme? Are you serious? I don't know. Johnny Knoxville has one for fuck's sake. Oh my god! No, it, but it was it officially released because uh, this one just they came out. I think like the other day. I don't know, but you know, uh, not that I would spend too much time looking for it. No, I I, 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 I just know because I get notifications on my phone about it. Right. All right. So six and seven. Here we go. fucking clip. That is Shannon Moore. Oh, please. <laughs> Six and eight. Here we go. Track 15. What? Would you know that if you weren't staring at it? No. Okay, well, now I don't feel as bad. I have no idea. That is Sin Cara. Oh, go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, but... Uh. Yeah, Alright, track 16. Maurice. Maurice, so we are seven and eight. Seven and ten. Sorry, seven and ten. All right, track 18. Are you ready? Yep. John Morrison. Eight and ten. Yes, John Morrison. That is Cameron. Describe to the cam. D- describe to the people what I'm doing to the camera. At least, Joe, my corpse is uh is uh, switching between thumbs down and the fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so eight and eleven. Okay. All right, we have uh, three more. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Track 19. Brodus Clay? I don't... That is Aldo Montoya. Just incredible. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, okay, you know what? what? What kind of title is this for a wrestling theme? Are you ready for this? 
The title of this one is What a Jock. What what a joke is more like, holy fuck. Uh, eight and twelve. Alright, here we go. Two more. No, one more. Well, try twenty. So yeah, two more. Yeah, two more. Here we go. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's my turn to describe what I just saw. So as Stephanie McMahon's team was playing, Elio was mockingly bobbing his head. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Stephanie McMahon and um, Triple H, we should take a second to uh, acknowledge... Um, Earlier today, it was either earlier today or yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, Triple H announced his retirement on uh, First Take with Stephen A. Smith, Mm -hmm. explaining the extreme nature of his um, health scare. That was a, um, it was described as a cardiac event, but really, the guy almost died. Apparently, um... He had like a 99% blockage in the uh, what I believe is the main arteries to the heart, um, and apparently it was a he had no symptoms prior to that because um, he was so healthy and um, apparently it was just a genetic thing. He said that his his um, his dad had a triple bypass at 62. His grandfather had died at 70, and his great-grandfather, he recently found out, died of heart problems at 52. So it's clearly a very genetic problem, and, uh, you know, thank God he didn't die, because originally they thought that he had COVID. He didn't, but they discovered that it was pneumonia that turned into a significant cardiac event. Uh, and um, he said that he was like on the one yard line, like this close to death. So, um, you know, thank God he didn't. So, uh, thoughts and prayers are out to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and family. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, what, what do we have? Not nine, right? Or ten? Yeah, nine and eleven. Nine and eleven. Here we go. Last track. Are you ready? Yeah. Express. Oh, fuck. Alright, um. And yeah, I said the word. And I'll tell you off, off air why, uh, I said, uh, I said that just now. Alright, so that was our wrestling roulette, Ben. Uh, it's okay, we'll get it on Tuesday again. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do too bad, but. You didn't do yeah. too bad. Right, I so need we, another shot at it. 
It's always to bring the show to a close. This this very long show. <laughs> very long. Well, it is WrestleMania season. There's a lot going on. Exactly. So uh, we'll be right back on Tuesday. Make sure you don't miss that because that is our WrestleMania preview show. And, and um, we've also got WrestleMania 4. Exactly. Uh, you know what I got thinking uh, earlier today? Um, did we ever do WrestleMania 6? Yes. Okay, we did. Yeah. No, I was, I was just uh, thinking, like, that, yeah, looking back now, that wasn't a very good pay-per-view. Some sort no, of... you know, a lot, of, a lot of the early stuff was not... Wasn't very not... good. Was not good. No. Nope. In fact, actually, on Tuesday, I'm gonna rank my um, top WrestleManias. I'm going from like I'm gonna do 80s and the top WrestleManias from 90s, and then I'm gonna so on and so forth. Oh, that that that'll be fun. But I'm gonna just do the 80s on Tuesday, and then the next show I'll do the 90s and stuff. Cool. Alright, so with all that, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This has been the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will see you all on Tuesday night. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night, people, and uh, God bless and Godspeed to Elio because he has to upload all of this. <laughs> we'll see you on Tuesday. Colossal, we come these renegades.